0: Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. My next guest has been described by the Archbishop of Canterbury as one of the great Christian leaders of our time. He's also an inspiring example of someone who, under God, has been comfortable enough in his own skin to step aside to allow a gifted individual to take on a crucial role in Christian ministry, a role that's literally changed the lives of millions of people, Bishop Sandy Miller is the former vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton in London, a church renowned around the world as the home of the Alpha Course and the man who spearheaded it, Nicky Gumbel. Sandy saw his church move from being an ageing traditional congregation to become one of the largest and most influential churches in the UK and beyond. Bishop Sandy is in Australia speaking to our church leaders and I'm so glad to say that he's joining us now on Open House. Sandy, welcome. Thank you. It's great to meet you and uh, have you
1: on. You actually were a barrister before moving
0: into the ministry. Why that
1: move? Well, I think there are different times in one's life, you know. You either do what you think God is calling you to do, or you don't. And, of course, we worked on it very carefully and thought about the implications and things. But I just felt I'd always wanted to be a barrister since I was eight years old. But I just felt God loosening our roots. And I think I just longed to try and see if I could catch people at the top of the cliff rather than at the bottom. Yes. And I was doing criminal law at the time, so most of the people I saw were by then pretty near the bottom of the cliff. Those two worlds are worlds apart, though, aren't they? I went into that side of the law, the criminal law, which was about people, really. And I think um, people often think, you know, that they're they're linked in some way. But um, the great thing about this this job is you're dealing with truth all the time. Yes. (laughs) And I'm not sure that I was in the past one.
0: So was there much of a culture shock as you settled into the new role?
1: Yes, particularly for my wife. And we had two small children, I think, and we just got a little house and all settled and everything else. But she was keen and I'm keen. I came to faith through her and the Holy Spirit, as I often say, it's a very powerful combination. (laughs) And she was keen and uh, we've, we've had the most wonderful life together. How did that happen
0: through your wife?
1: Uh, Well, she had an evangelistic weekend. She invited everybody she knew. It was before we had Alpha, of course, but it's the same principle. She invited everybody she knew, just said, come and bring a Bible and a tennis racket for a weekend and hear about Jesus. And um, I was 27 years old, and I, I think I'm ashamed to say I was confident that I could probably hold my own. I knew there was an agenda. And I heard the gospel for the first time that I think I understood it, really. What was it that arrested you in it? The truth. I suddenly thought to myself, this is true. And I thought, if God God who created me and, and loves me and wants to interact with me, then the sooner we get together, the better. I think up till then, you know, the world has got this perception that if God gets hold of you, it will be an unpleasant experience and you'll have to give up this and give other... It's just programmed by the devil himself, really, because actually God wants to get hold of us in order to make us what we could be, to fulfill um, our lives and to make it just full of love, peace and joy. And Life in all its fullness. Exactly. Yes. Fast forward to
0: Holy Trinity Brompton. You were the vicar there before the Alpha phenomenon. Paint us a picture of Holy Trinity Brompton. We you were
1: a traditional congregation and ageing. And uh, uh, the thing that I think you'd you notice, first of all, there was no young people at all. So that was the issue for me, how to get young people into church. And I still think it is the issue that faces many denominations in the church. Yes. Because there won't be uh, that denomination in 20 years unless we do something radical. I think the lessons that we've learnt is that God is, is on our side. He, he wants to attract young people. He loves young people. And interestingly enough, what I found was that the older people in the church love young people too, and the young people love the older people. It's just their liturgy that they don't like. And it's certainly in our, in our section of the community, it's that sort of stuff that, that is from the past and doesn't relate to the gospel of redemption and um, forgiveness and uh, purpose in life and the answer to guilt and all that stuff. So what
0: would you say to the established church about that, that they might get? young people better or more?
1: Well, I often put it this way. I I began to say to myself, uh, you know, on Sunday morning before I got up to go, I had to ask the question, is this a church that I would attend if I wasn't paid to? It's a good question. Yes. And uh, I think it's a good question because if the answer is probably not, then why should anybody else? Yeah. And um, it was easy to identify what the young people had difficulty with because we had 1662 liturgy. Which was drafted in the 16th century and finalised in the 17th century, and moving towards modernity, as it were, yes. but unchanged since. Yeah. We had pews, dark brown pews, very uncomfortable. No carpets anywhere. Stone, lovely stone buildings. We had a robed choir and people sang at them all the time, and so it was easy to see uh, that it was it was um, it was difficult to maintain the. Exuberance and youthfulness and um, expressiveness of young Christian faith in that, and certainly we weren't. So we had to make one or two changes.
0: And along comes a young Nicky Gumbel as your junior curate.
1: How did he strike you? Oh well, I've, I've known him for a long time. He, he came. It's part of God's plan, you know, uh, to have mercy on the world. I, I, I say that reverently, and not just because uh, we're in a different part of it, because. Uh, five people, all called Nikki, and one called Ken, were all converted at a a mission at Cambridge University in 1976. And they came to London looking for a church that was interested in the things and ministry uh, of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we were the only Anglican. They'd heard that there was a young curate, which is what I was in those days, assistant pastor uh, in those days, uh, who was interested in things of the Holy Spirit. And so they decided to give us a go. And they came to the church. And I remember the first Sunday that Nicky came. And we made an arrangement because I invited him to supper, as you can imagine. And I got to know him, and um, something, you know later I married him to his wife, and I've known them for a very long time. And he got ordained from us, uh, through us, who heard of in Chippenham, and then uh, he came back as a cure, as an assistant uh, pastor.
0: With the spirit of God, I'm sure he was a most gifted and dynamic young man. Absolutely, yes.
1: And he was a barrister, and he was doing very well. But uh, you can see looking back, of course, how God arranges these things because um, he sent him to us as a member of staff. And and Alpha actually had already been running for a number of years. And so Nicky was about the fourth or fifth person to run it. And he was the assistant yeah. pastor. And I asked him if, you, if he would take it on. But he really took it to a new level, didn't he? Oh, absolutely. yes. He saw the potential as an evangelistic tool. Yeah. We'd used it as a young Christian's tool on the, mostly. He saw the potential. And I've often said that it, I think its success is um, partly that Nicky has done a huge amount of work on it. So that it's ideal now for churches to run because he's done all the work. Uh, all the talks are very good, I think. Uh, I'm, uh, I can say this um, as in a way that he wouldn't. But they include all the sort of elements of a Christ, that a Christian talk ought to include. You know, Trinitarian, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Head, Heart, Will, an appeal to every aspect an opportunity, as we call it, simply to explore the meaning of life, which is why it's so popular, because so many young people today just want to explore. And as I often say, you know, certainly in the UK, they'll they'll do a course on anything. They'll do a course on hang gliding or scuba diving, and they'll do a course on God. That that doesn't mean a commitment necessary, but they just want to know. What would I have to believe?
0: Churches often struggle with change. Did you have any hesitation
1: about the transformation of that course? <laughs> uh, yes, Yes, okay. Huge amount, of course. Uh, Particularly in our setting at that time, because a number of our aged congregation had been through two world wars, and they were hoping that the only thing perhaps in the whole world that would not change was the church. Mm. Everything else was changing at a very rapid um, speed. But uh, the fact is that change is here to stay, and it's a good thing to change, actually. What was that process of change like? Uh, Interesting interesting that covers a multitude of meanings Yes, yes Uh, it's really a question i think looking back it's a question of holding everybody's hand if you can and trying to explain to the older people why and the reason why was where are the young people and they wanted the young people but they hoped to get the young people without having to face any of these changes and sadly it doesn't work like that would you have ever expected
0: that Alpha could become what it is today running in about 169 countries around the world,
1: 19 million people have done it. That's right no, we didn't, we had no idea and we just sort of, it's what God has done despite us, Nicky would say that too, yes, yes. it's just God who's had mercy on the world and giving us an opportunity now to present the gospel uh, in these last days, I mean it, the last days have gone a long time but if ever there were last days, these are them And uh, we've just watched in amazement. Um, And there are so many countries now that are, well, I say so many, a number of countries that I'm aware of, including Kazakhstan, where we were the other day. They're running out for hugely successfully with a mainly Muslim uh, population. They'd never heard of us. They'd never heard of Nikki. They'd never heard of... They just got the material, translated it, went away with it, and are running it. And, And many, many people, thousands of people are coming to Christ. And it's just hugely exciting. And that's what first... I think, drew our attention to the fact that it's no longer Anglican, it's no longer English. It's a gift. It's, been, it's running, as you know, in Australia even, in every denomination. And it's part, I think, of God's plan to unify the church. And unity is something we're all in favor of, but it's difficult to know how we can express that. And I think the way where most churches are expressing it now is in uniting in mission. And um, so that we go hand in hand as it way, even if not quite eye to eye. Yes. But in the meantime, we yes. can agree about the need. It is a
0: remarkable story and also an important lesson, as I made mention in the intro, for someone in your position to be able to feel comfortable under God to allow someone like Nicky Gumbel to run with this and not be threatened by it.
1: Well, Nicky is a remarkable man, as you will know, and he's in- intensely loyal. And we've worked together for nearly well for 20 over 20 years and um he was very reluctant for me to move on he kept saying don't go don't go we're called to work together and um that is a, a hugely a huge blessing and i think you reap what you sow and uh, he's reaping that now but um, I said to him in the end, Nikki, I've got to go because it's time to get this succession sorted out and the future as far as we can, and you've got to take this thing completely on. He was running Alpha anyway in our own church, yes. and he had developed this ministry together we had worldwide. So the sliding over was, was relatively, it was just that he was so keen that we should continue to work together, which was kind of him, actually. Yeah. And I finally said, well, Nikki, I think... I've got to go. I'm going. The only question is who's going to take on, which is why he um, said, well, if that is the case, then I suppose I better have a go. It's a great
0: lesson from both sides, I think. You've also had a long connection with the freshly minted Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby. You sponsored him for ordination into the Church of England. How do you believe his term will make its mark on both the church and faith? I know they are early days, but what would you hope for him?
1: Well, I think, and I, I say this reverently and, um, and um, thoughtfully, I think it's an absolute miracle that he's been appointed. And um, he does too, because everybody would agree that it was an unexpected appointment. He's only been the Bishop of Durham, which is the third senior uh, bishop in England uh, and Wales. He's only been that for a very short space of time. And indeed, he's already said, he said it publicly, I think, you know, they they said as a senior member of the um, Episcopacy in England, you have got to apply for this job. And I don't know if you saw it, but he gave an account to the media. He he filled in his form and he put at the bottom, I hope you've enjoyed reading this and I've enjoyed writing this. But keep in mind, it's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the first question he was asked by the appointments committee was, why do you want to be the Archbishop? And he said, I don't. Oh, wow. So I, I think it, it, he he's a, he a, a, a wonderful um, addition to the church. He's young. You know, I think he's 55 or 6. And that's what we need uh, with energy and zeal. I love the last bishop. He will be seen to be a great Archbishop Rowan. I think there's not a question of that. But we're ready for a move. And I think what God is doing again is expressing this in the country. We, we've got everything now in uh, ready for the next stage which again will be worldwide the Anglican Communion is worldwide and I think he will stress he's got huge experience in reconciliation he spent a lot of time in Nigeria he knows about Christians of different points of view and I think he will plead for an understanding uh, to try and help us to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable if that's possible to work on these issues he will put us a high priority on prayer, which we need, again. And I think he'll put a high priority on evangelism, which, again, is a desperate need. So the hopes are very high. And um, he, he startled, there was an interesting article in the London Times after his first press conference. He startled uh, uh, Anne Treneman, who wrote the article, described the assembled companies, uh, 40 or 50 of the hardest hacks in London. They all sat there and his opening words were, let us pray. And she said, I could see the ripple that went down these journeys. imagine. An archbishop who prays. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think those
0: outside the church will view the church under Justin
1: Welby? I think what they appreciate is that he has um, a considerable experience of the world in which they live. Yeah. He's um, accustomed to business. He's got more business experience, and I, I say this neutrally, than anybody in the government He's been a director of a French oil firm. He knows what life is like. He's seen tragedy. He's had his eldest child was killed in a car accident. He, he And he has family issues as well. And he knows about life. And what they can't say is that he doesn't understand where the rest of us live in, in the outside world. And I think that's hugely helpful because he's sympathetic and understanding. He's got... He's got a a touch of humour about him, and um, he's straight. You know exactly what he thinks. You know exactly what he says. And he's determined to have a go. I'm sure he'll need a sense of humour along the way as well. So you're here in Australia
0: speaking with many of our church leaders. Can I ask you this, what you tell them about effectively communicating Christian faith? For Australia, for instance, the challenges of being Christian and speaking about Christian faith in a difficult year with the royal commission into child sexual abuse about to start
1: what i think is good in in so many ways is when it's when it's bad in the world it's good for the church because we alone have a message of hope of course it gets obscured and human nature is human nature and um, most people understand that they don't like it but they understand that but we have to see through that in a sense to the realities of god and um, that's why I love the Alpha Course. I wouldn't seek to tell your church leaders anything because I, uh, I'm struggling myself, you know, we, we're keeping alive, as it were. You're a very humble man. No, no, no. <laughs> well, or you would be too if you were me. But the, the fact is, the fact is that we need to be humble as a church because there's nothing for us to be proud about. We can be proud about Jesus and proud about God. Because Jesus is the answer to all these issues you know is a a future. How can I be forgiven? can i be, Can I have a new start in life can i what 's the purpose in life? All the questions that many people in their thinking moments want to ask and what I have about alpha and i wouldn 't seek as I say to tell your leaders what to do, but I know that Alpha now is a gift of God, and what we bill it is as an opportunity simply in the context of a Christian community that loves people and doesn 't judge people to create an atmosphere in which it's possible for people to ask some of the questions that they would really love to ask in their thoughtful moments if they can find an atmosphere where they're not made to look stupid and not made to feel guilty. And Alpha is ideal for that. So in the context of church life, From the pastor's point of view, it can be run by lay people. So it's not just one more thing in the intray. The talks have already been written. Even the recipes for the food have already been written. There's (laughs) nothing for you to do except open the doors on a Wednesday night and ask your people to get involved. And to that extent, it's a community activity, which is so good for the church too. So instead of expecting the pastor to do all the evangelism and get people in and then look after them and um, disciple them and everything else, you know, if you can move chairs, you're welcome. If you can make tea, then you're welcome. If you can sit in a small group, you're welcome. If you can love people, you're welcome. And the whole community is involved in this evangelization. And people pick that up. They feel the welcome. They just like the atmosphere. They can ask questions. And we, the Christians, have to learn to keep quiet, let them speak. And then, because we speak to them for the uh, talk, and we look at the sort of things that people would really like an answer to. You know, who is Jesus? Why did he die? Can I really trust the Bible today? How do I pray? Does God heal today? Um, how do I deal with guidance and those sort of issues? Who is the Holy Spirit? Because we're Trinitarian. What about evil? Does it exist? How do I deal with it? And what can I do with the rest of my life? And why? how should I tell others? Key questions, actually, that many people ask thing get alone and thoughtful uh, but don't know where to turn and alpha has provided all that and we didn't know it was going to but it, it has and i believe it's god's attempt to draw people back to his love to an understanding of why we're here and how we can lead the most effective lives that we can and i know its approach surprises not a
0: few people who come in from outside the
1: church that they have such an approach yes yes Yes. And it's been used by every denomination now, yes. as I, that I'm aware of, certainly in Australia, Catholics, Salvation Army. Everybody is using it. And because it is simply basic Christian teaching behind all the things that are going on in the world, uh, many, many people are hungry for truth yes. and a meaning to life. Yes. I often ask this
0: with interviews like this. Is there a story of some particular person that encapsulates why you do Alpha? what its attraction is, and what its difference is in this world.
1: Well, I, I was invited to go on to, it's interesting to me, I was um, in the UK we have this program, Question Time, which is a political program, and I'm not a political animal. But the editor of that program was a delightful young man whose sister had his her life totally changed by Alpha. Uh, her marriage was healed, she was cured of alcoholism, and uh, he said to the um, uh, to David Dimbleby, who runs that programme, you better get somebody from Alpha onto this programme. Wow. And um, I found that a very interesting. And at the dinner afterwards, which for me was uh, one of the most interesting aspects of the evening, actually, because I'm not really into political wranglings and rows and who did it and who didn't and all that sort of thing. Uh, I asked him to tell the story, and it was very moving of this dear woman. And um, it, it was just... Uh, a Hugely encouragement with the stories like that everywhere. Yes, I'm sure. um, Everywhere of um, of people who've been touched. One of the key people in spreading Alpha was Lee Duckett, who came just to mend our telephones in the church. And uh, he got attracted to the receptionist, a sweet lady, actually, and he spent the morning trying to think of a suitable line to chat her up. And he was rather pleased with himself uh, because he asked her at lunchtime if she could recommend a good Bible. He thought that was very clever. (laughs) And she said, yeah, I can recommend a Bible. This evening we've got the Alpha course and we spend the evening just talking about God and having fun. And he, uh, in his testimony later, his story later, he said, I spent the whole afternoon trying to work out how you can have fun talking about God. So he came. He did the course and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. God delivered him from um, a permanent back, back injury that he had. He was healed. And here's a sort of answer to what I often encourage. I often encourage pastors in churches, because until you get somebody who's totally outside like Lee was, it's sometimes you're sort of recycling Christians from the community from the community in the Alpha course. And for many of them, they do the first Alpha course, which is the whole congregation, and then the numbers dip and they stop. And we want to encourage them to keep going at that point, because you only got to get one Lee uh, at the end of that uh, Alpha course. In, at, supper he brought 20 of his friends yes. 20 people totally outside the church and a number of them a high proportion of them came on the next Alpha of course and a high proportion of them came to faith in jesus christ and so it grows and um uh, it's hugely encouraging uh, the ways in which god just sends people as he wants to because he's doing what he wants to do and he's having mercy on us soul. I think there are now, as I understand it, there are 7,000 churches, aren't there, in Australia? There are over 1,000 now doing Alpha, that we know of. And the only reason we have a register, as you know, is that you can recommend your friends. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to Adelaide, oh, there are X courses in there. Why did you go on one of those? And I often think, you know, we've got a lot to learn from the supermarkets, in a sense, because, you know, the more checkouts you have, the more people you can process. And if every church in Australia, for example, had a, a, a viable introductory course to the Christian faith that people could come and sniff around, just work out whether they like this community or not, then I think you'd find the whole face of the continent was changed pretty well overnight.
0: Bishop Sandy Miller, it's been a great privilege to meet you and speak with you on Open House. Thank you, Thank you so you much, much. You for joining us. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.